What's up guys, Jeff Cavalier, AthleanX.com. So, you're having trouble building your biceps, and you've come to me in my video. I think I can help you. I'm not really sure, but I, I think I can help you. Guys, I gotta be honest with you here, that's a joke, because honestly, when I was younger, my biceps were my biggest trouble spot. I did not have big arms. It was through my, my perseverance in wanting to build bigger biceps that I made a whole hell of a lot of mistakes, but I ultimately wound up being able to build decent sized arms because of that. So what I wanna do is help you today. I know why yours aren't growing, and I'm gonna help you to fix that. So firstly, when we get into the different aspects of training your biceps, I like to think that there are sort of mechanical things that you're doing wrong, like literally how you're lifting the dumbbell and when you're twisting, and if you're raising your arm up or not to get complete bicep contraction. I actually made a video on that. I'm gonna link that right here, show you what it looks like, and then link it again at the end of the video because I want you to see that. I cover five mechanical flaws that you're making, and you're gonna wanna see that. But today, I'm going to tell you that the two things that you're probably doing wrong that are definitely holding back the size of your arms, again, I know, because I've, I've witnessed this myself firsthand, is your training frequency, and secondly, your lack of variation of bicep training techniques. First of all, as far as the training frequency goes, guys, you have to understand that the biceps are pretty limited in terms of their function. They supinate the forearm here like this, and you can actually see the bicep will activate just by doing that. Most importantly, they flex the elbow. Okay, that's their biggest driver and function is to flex the elbow like this because of their attachment from here down, they pull, they pull the elbow up. And they also have the ability to get a little bit of shoulder flexion because of the long head's attachment up into the top here of the glenohumeral joint. So we can get a little bit of that too. Because of that, you have to realize that any time you are bending your elbow in any exercise you do, on your pull day, any back exercise, chin-ups, rows, inverted rows, one-arm rows, anything you're doing, you're working your biceps. And your biceps are an incredibly small muscle, believe it or not, only occupying a very small portion of the anterior side of your arm, that too much volume here and too many times hitting them in a week is going to be too much. And a lot of times, guys, if you're training like a push-pull leg system and you're training maybe each, uh, each function twice a week, if you throw any direct bicep work in on top of that, you are really truly hitting your biceps three times in that week and you're not giving them enough time to recuperate. It's not about protein synthesis every 48 hours, it's about literally giving that muscle group a chance to recover and get back to being able to be stimulated again in a meaningful way. Not to just coast through another half-assed workout, but in a meaningful way that leads to progressive overload. And that is where we sort of jump off into the second point. And when we're talking about progressive overload, guys, again, go back to the function of the biceps. Their limitation in what they do. We're talking about a hinge joint here. If we were talking about the shoulders, that's a ball and socket joint, meaning my exercise variety for shoulders is, is a lot more than what we have for biceps. In, in terms of the, the fact that they look completely different, a press looks different than a side lateral raise, looks different from a front raise, looks different from rear delt raises. We have lots of different angles and planes that we work in because of the variety of movement that the three-dimensional ball and socket joint provides. The hinge joint of the elbow dramatically limits our options to a lot of different curls, period. So you're curling with dumbbells, you're curling with a barbell, you're curling with a concentration curl, you're curling with a spider curl, 
you're freaking curling no matter what you're doing, guys. You're curling. The thought that you could simply just change bicep exercises to create new overload, realizing once again that they're all basically formed around the same movement here at the elbow is not going to work. And not to mention the fact that most of our bicep exercises are pretty limited in terms of the ability that we have to continue to add weight to them. Ask yourself the last time that you've actually increased the amount of weight that you've used on dumbbell curls. If you have, how much have you really increased? So progressive overload and overload in and of itself is pretty difficult to achieve. You need to do something dramatically different and that is vary the way in which you're doing your curls. So let me show you a few different ways you can do that. The first thing I like to cover here is what I call sliced reps. Now, I take a weight that I can normally use for 15 reps and I perform a curl all the way to the top and when I come down, I drop down one-ninth of the way. Now you don't have to get out your, your uh, compass, your goniometer to figure out what that is. Literally just drop it an estimated one-ninth of the way and you come back up to the top and contract. Then drop down a little bit more and come back to the top and a little bit more and come back to the top. So that through nine levels here, it takes you to get all the way down to the bottom of the curl. Then you come all the way back up to the top and now you divide it and slice it into eight pieces. And you come back down and then you drop it and you now slice it into seven pieces. Ultimately until you get down to your last two where you're going down halfway and come back up to the top and all the way down and your last rep is one full rep. Now, what is happening here? Well, we're increasing our volume here within a set. We're increasing the number of contractions we get here. We're spending a lot more time in the contracted position of the curl because we keep coming back to it on every slice. We're increasing the time under tension throughout the course of this set. And again, although the range of motion is abbreviated in a single rep, you're still getting full range of motion as you go from top to bottom throughout the course of this dropping ladder here. The fact is, this is a way to intensify the curl. That is going to be how you increase your muscle mass by doing your bicep workouts again. Because you're adding a way to progressively overload through some stimulus that you have not felt before as opposed to just saying, I'm going to do a different form of a curl today. It's not enough to just go exercise to exercise. We don't have to just use that technique though. We have other things here like our arc variation. And with an arc variation, we know that the moment arm can be changed. If we stand here like I am, we actually use a long movement. We keep our, our, our forearms as straight and as long as possible, and our elbows are even just a little bit at the front side of our rib cage. We know that we have a big, long arc, a long moment arm for the biceps that make that weight feel extremely heavy and put a great challenge on the biceps. But we don't have to stop at that point. As we get fatigued and tired, we can just bring our elbows in just to the sides now, instead of right out in the front of the ribcage, now tucked in towards our sides, and we continue to curl. Because we've shortened that moment arm, effectively lightening that weight in our hands to allow us to keep going. And then we can drop our arms back even more, even into this drag curl variation that really shortens the moment arm on the biceps. And not only that, but it changes the strength curve of the exercise so that it's not the hard part now, not in the, in the middle of the exercise, but actually here at the peak contraction of the exercise. So we're able to take failure and extend it further and further and further, intensifying the curl. Again, it's just all curls, but we've intensified that and that is going to lead to bigger biceps in the long run because you've gotten too stale with the, the fact that you haven't utilized enough of these techniques. And I'll give you one more here. It's actually one we use and it's called intensity. And the intensity style here is you're actually just trying to increase again the amount of productive reps that you're doing with at least a bit of a heavier weight now. And what we do is we take an exercise and we go to failure in about five to six rep range. And then we rest pause for 10 seconds. We don't put the weight down, we just rest pause. And you'll see that, guess what, after about 10 or 15 seconds, you can crank out another three reps. 
That's enough time to rest to get out another three reps. And you rest again, 10 to 15 seconds, and you go for another probably three reps. And then you're maybe going for two reps. And then ultimately you're going down in singles. But if you do this for a five minute period of time, when you accumulate the number of high intensity reps that you did in this one five minute set and the number of, of reps that you did with this heavier weight is going to be more than you likely did when you broke your sets up into the traditional three sets of 12 style. Because again, you're using a heavier weight anyway to get into this five to six rep range and you're accumulating more of those heavy reps. So no matter what style you're looking for, heavier or lighter weights, 15 rep maxes or five to six rep maxes, the key is this, it's not the exercise variation, guys. It's the variation of the intensity techniques you're using on those exercises that's gonna matter the most. And as far as frequency goes, guys, if anything, dial it back and see how you do. I promise you, you're probably gonna see a better result from doing that than you are adding more and more workouts. Guys, I hope this was helpful to you. If you're looking for a program where we put it all in one your complete step-by-step -step system. I actually created something called our Ultimate Arms Program that's available over at AthleanX. And guys, it's not just arm training, because we train athletes here. It's a whole entire program, but it has a little specialization for arms that helps you to overcome all the mistakes that I made, not just the ones that I pointed out here. Everything, I think, that will help you get better arms uh, in the long run. Guys, that's over at AthleanX.com. In the meantime, if you found the video helpful, leave your comments and thumbs up. Let me know what you want me to cover, and I'll do my best to do that for you in the days and weeks ahead. See ya.